More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random. The Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. I, I guess these national something or other days are fun fodder for us to discuss here on the show. We did National Burger Day last week, and I said we, Clay and I basically matched each other. We were that we were boring on that because we basically agree it's uh, In and Out Burger, Shake Shack, and uh, Five Guys for burger chains um and then some people throw the whataburger in there and i'm like i don't even know what a burger is but today <laughs> that's a dad is, joke that was the yes that, that yes. is a quintessential dad joke it's funny i could i couldn't i couldn't tell if he said that was a bad joke or a dad joke and i was hoping he said dad but it, yeah, it would also be considered a bad, a bad joke. joke but uh it is w- national one hit wonder day i gave clay a little warning on this one beforehand in your mind, your favorite, not the greatest, because that's ridiculous, your favorite one-hit wonder song of all time is what? I, I was doing research on this to confirm. Maybe we can play it. I don't know what the rules are. Uh, gonna Make You Sweat, Everybody Dance Now. Do you remember the song? CNC Music Factory? Do you remember the song? Every, Do I, think I remember? Everybody listen- CNC, dude, I loved CNC Music Factory. Everybody dance now. That's the parenthetical. The, 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 the actual name of the song is going to make you sweat. Everybody dance now in like 1990, 1991-ish was everywhere. CNC Music Factory. Uh, that is probably my number one one hit. The other one I, the other one I flagged, this is going to blow your mind because I wanted to go in multiple directions. And I this this is going to get me crushed. I think Natalie and Brulia torn. Do you remember the song "Torn"? I know it well. She Natalie had and Brulia. a couple of other decent songs. People don't know as well. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh well, you you are more familiar with her entire uh, catalog, I guess, than I would have uh, thought. I okay, I what think, would you go with? I mean, for me, the the ultimate one hit wonder of all time might be. Uh, well, actually, I don't think it's fair to say MC Hammer can't touch this as a one-hit wonder. He had some other songs. Oh, he had but a bunch f- of songs, I think. Yeah. yeah, he had a bunch of songs. Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby is one. But 
Um, for me, it's it's the Verve Bittersweet Symphony. Oh, that's they a great got song. Sued for for sampling something from the Rolling Stones, and then I believe the Rolling Stones transferred back the rights to them afterwards because there was uh, a lot of people were kind of upset about how that went down. Like the Rolling this Stones. This is how we do it. Would be the other one by Montel Jordan. Do you remember this is how we do it? Um, that's an amazing song. Yes. See, taking you back down memory lane yes. here, folks, with the one hit wonders. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. Judy in Kentucky. Judy in Kentucky. Yeah. Judy, what have you got for Clay? Okay. I just want to let him know how much I adore him. I'm an 83-year-old, and like Laura says, um, this age group loves him. Uh, He brightens my day. Um, I love what he tells on the show about Laura and about the boys. Um, I love it when he puts his foot in his mouth and has a little bit of trouble. Um, but I just, I just wanted him to know that um, there are people out here that just really adore him and, and care a lot for him. Um, I wish I lived in his neighborhood. Um, and I, I just hope I can brighten his day like he does mine. Ju- Judy, I, I think Judy, where do you live in Kentucky? This is amazing. I appreciate the call. Uh, where do you live? Ashland. Ashland. Okay, that is. Uh, and for people who don't know Kentucky, where is that in the state of Kentucky? It's a tri-state area. Okay. Uh, we can go to three. You can be in three straight states within like fifteen minutes. Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia. Well, I appreciate you, uh, Buck, you, and thank you so much for listening. And do uh, you have grandkids? I do. I have three. Okay. Um, well, uh, have fun with those grandkids, uh, and I appreciate you calling. I appreciate you listening. Buck, I, I never would have believed this. You, you have, you I, have, didn't know, I didn't know your grandma lived in Kentucky, Clay. <laughs> but I have managed, because I'm on the road for college football a lot. Um, and, uh, and I still love doing that and, uh, and obviously sports. So you were with me at, uh, at the Alabama Ole Miss game, uh, and you were with me in, uh, in Austin last year for, uh, Alabama, Texas. There are a lot of like fraternity age guys, right? College football fans who have grown up are fans of me and outkick. We have a really big fan base. I would say in that audience. I also am, I never would have believed this. I have like the fraternity guy audience and then I am beloved by grandmas. I, I you, like Laura is like, this is my wife. We, we you had me to tell the story. Yeah. Tell the story. Tell the story. You were there. So we're out at, we're out at a festival. I'm there with, with Carrie and Clay's there with, uh, with Laura, Laura and the boys and Laura's just having a, having a moment. She's joking with us. She's like, you know, Something about the senior citizen ladies. They just love, before she can even finish her sentence, a very nice, a lovely lady in, uh, I'd say, in the mid to late 70s comes over. Clay Travis just gra- <laughs> like grabs him by the bicep and gets all excited. So it was pretty funny. I, I don't know that there's anybody else in the country that has, like, if I had to say, like, hey, what is your fan base now? It's like fraternity guys, college football, you know, kids, fans, and... Senior citizen women, I, almost no one in between. 
Like, I, I like to joke, Buck, that I lead the nation on pretty girls who take pictures of me with, like, their boyfriends and husbands and have no idea who I am. And it's so funny. Like, these the girls are all used to, like, being in Instagram photos themselves, but then their boyfriend or their husband's like, hey, can you take a picture of the two of us? And they're like, who is this random dude with a beard that you're getting your picture taken with? Um, and, 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 like, the pretty girls don't want the photo. The dudes do, and now uh, I, that was been the case for a long time. Now it's the senior set of grandmas. So I don't know that anybody else is even in that running, but I love Judy. I appreciate her calling in. I love grandmas everywhere, and I'm glad that that they love me. They have great taste, the grandma population. We love our grandmas, our Clay and Buck grandmas, meaning the ladies from across the nation in that uh, demographic who are listening. So thank you very, very much. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong. Strong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday Drop with Clay and Buck. I'm reading, Buck, you got a fan, Sheena. Buck, I've never met or heard anyone that hates name tags. I despise them and have for years. You, sir, are brilliant in this regard. Uh, I was not expecting that you would get anti-name tag fan mail, uh, but th- there there you go. Sheena, all in. Sheena's a, a brilliant, astute observer of life and, and manners and understands great talent when she hears it. I mean, th- think about this. Like, 
we're, we're not adult. I mean, I understand name tags for four year olds like, oh, like, you know, you're Bob. I'm Sarah. Like, you know, but you're an adult. You walk up to somebody, say, hi, my name is and you shake hands. I don't need a little helper. I don't need a little thing that says your name here. You just tell me your name if I want to know your name. And by the way, I'm probably going to forget it because everyone forgets everyone else's <laughs> name. So who cares? But that you would wear this sort of nerdy thing that says your name on it. It does remind me of the, uh, didn't they do in the office? Like they walked, they had, they had to do. <laughs> the office is the I think it's the funniest I, like it's on my wife watches the office and Beverly Hills it's crazy. like they wrote different did they write like name yes. tags with different nationalities on yes <laughs> uh my wife watches the office and Beverly Hills 90210 now so like when I walk through the house there's basically always either the office or Beverly Hills 90210 and I hate to admit it but I get sucked into these shows like I'm busy and I'm thinking you know I got to do this I got to do that 45 minutes later an hour later I'm sitting down on the couch watching either of those shows because they're almost irresistible um, wait 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 can I ask Laura I mean I don't know if she's listening or not she prefers 90210 to the OC because that's always a big that's always a big fight well I think um Laura's generation because Laura yeah. is two years older than me which would make her five years older than you I think right so the OC, by the time the OC became popular, I think we were already married. So uh, the 90210 was her high school and uh, early into college uh, jam, I think. So anyway, it's, I'm watching it. It's amazing. And I will say this on the name tag front because it just happened this week. We've been going. You, you, you one day, Buck, will be back in this. I'm sure your parents did it. We go and we walk around the school to meet. You basically go through your kid's day to meet all the teachers. So we had 7th grade, and then we had 10th grade. So we basically go through, meet all the teachers, and you wear name tags. And um, I wrote my name on it, and we're sitting around, we're walking around or whatever, I'm wearing the name tag, and my wife's like, you're supposed to write your son's name tag on the name tag too, not just yours. So she was like, you're so cocky, you just presume that all you need to do is write your own, but... (laughs) I never had even thought about that. Like, you're supposed to now write, to your point, Buck, not only my own name, I was evidently supposed to write my son's name as well so people would know who my kid was. I didn't even think about it. Like, this this name tag business, maybe I'm anti-name tag too. I'm just telling you, the more you think about it, the more you'll realize, and especially whenever whenever I've had to go to events or something, first of all, if I'm like the, you know, not to be that guy, if I'm the keynote speaker, I'm definitely not wearing a name tag, okay? Because you're supposed to know who I am if I'm giving the speech. And if you don't, you'll find out when I'm on the stage. I like the interaction of, hi, my name is, and meeting people. So I'm just telling you, people might think that I'm being a stickler here, but name tags, no no good. Get rid of them. You don't need them. Uh, uh, so speaking of not needing them, we teased this, and the story just came down while we were talking. So we played, was it yesterday or two days ago? Um, the Washington Post was investigating And maybe our New York team can give us a few more details here. But my understanding is basically there is a pizza festival in Brooklyn that is taking place tomorrow. And there are it's like a pizza taste test festival where they have all these different local pizza places in New York City, which is very well known for having great pizza. And they're all different types of pizza. And I bet a huge percentage of you out there uh, are monster pizza fans. And certainly if you live in New York City. When I was a kid, but going to New York City, one of the cool things to do was to go into the pizza shop and get a pizza, a slice of pizza, right? Like, and and be able to experience that as a tourist. I bet a huge percentage of our listeners have done that at some point in time. And I know in Chicago, you're like, we like the deep dish. And in Detroit area, they're talking, you know, Detroit's pizza. You know what it is? 
Detroit-style pizza is square. I didn't know this until I started uh, dating my wife, uh, whose family is all from the Michigan and Detroit area. But it's really good, deep dish, kind of square pizza. There's all different sorts of types of pizza, and people can argue about them and everything else. The Washington Post, Buck, did an entire piece on whether pizza shops should be associated with a guy who has had controversial past comments which are all intended to be jokes, right? That are sometimes considered to be too aggressive or unacceptable. And I read this entire piece. At two pe- first of all, these are food reporters. I don't know why you have food reporters in the first place. I mean, if you want to go review, uh, go review restaurants or whatever, that's fine. Is it controversial for pizza places to engage in a pizza festival? I just, I, I, the idea of this entire premise is crazy. Um, and they, they say, here's a, here's a guy who is, uh, who is uh, upset. Joe Rosenthal, a Minnesota-based mathematician who has positioned himself as the conscience of the food and restaurant industries. Oh, he sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who has chicks for days. Uh, Joe Rosenthal, no, the chicks just lose it when they find out that this guy's the conscience of the food and restaurant industry, has been leading the charge against those involved with the pizza festival. He has posted regularly on his Instagram account with its 33,000 followers writing pizzerias, influencers, and trade publications are showing that Portnoy can continue his violent misogyny and campaigns of abuse and they will continue to support him. He wants the public to know about past behaviors and pressure them to not participate. It's a pizza festival. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's a pizza festival. It's hard for me, Buck, to even conceptualize of a less controversial thing that could be going on than a pizza festival. It's hard for me to think of a thing that could have less of a political agenda than a pizza festival and the Washington Post is covering this more aggressively than they are Hunter Biden's uh, illegal deal. I mean, what is going on you know, here? There's there's something that you're seeing more and more of it. Uh, it has existed for years, but it's become more uh, apparent and nastier. And it is those who work for some of the traditional corporate Democrat platforms. Um, and, and we know the big ones, right? New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC. Uh, they have a, a real animosity for people that are on the outside and have built brands. I mean, l- look at the way even someone who's not right wing, but who is open to other ideas like Joe Rogan, yeah. who has built such massive influence in the digital space. And they go, they go after him. New York Times, Washington Post, on the COVID stuff, on a whole range of things. They say he's misogynist, he's sexist. Uh, th- there's a lot of envy and a lot of resentment in yeah. the media now. There are people that work at the New York Times, that work at the Washington Post in particular, and other similar papers, who really think that someone like a, uh, a Portnoy is a danger to society because he has influence and he's not supposed to. The editorial board at the Washington Post is supposed to. So... There's, it's personal for them at some level when they're dealing with some of these media figures. Um, you know, I'm sure you, I'm sure you felt some oh, of this I've at dealt sports with it a from lot. some of the, yeah, yes. from the ESPN people, etc. You know, who are in that more uh, establishment sports model mode. I don't even know what the, I only know ESPN. I'm sure there's other places and other 
you know, uh, sports pages that people pay attention to. Um, but that that's, I always think, a, a part of this as well. And that's why you see. And then there's also just, Clay, the Marxist politicize everything down to the last pizza crust. And, and that's something else that they do here. I mean, this is like, I mean, O.J. Simpson, I'll just use him as an example. O.J. Simpson is not a very likable guy. He committed double murder. But if O.J. Simpson, like, was involved in salsa, or O.J. Simpson had, like, a chili tasting contest, right? Like, something that is completely not controversial. Uh, I mean, chili or salsa or whatever. It's crazy to me that you would build your entire free time, like these guys are, angry that there's a pizza festival going on. You want the pizza festival to not exist? I mean, right? Like, just just think, I always go to, like, the end result here. If this guy that the Washington Post is legitimizing by putting two reporters on this story and covering it and spending probably, not kidding, hundreds of hours on this several thousand word piece that they wrote about a pizza festival, what's the end result if this guy gets what he wants? There isn't a pizza festival. How is that beneficial? Like a pizza festival is something that people would enjoy and you can go and you can eat pizza and you can spend fun time. Like sometimes I think you need to go to the end result of what these people want and it is a yeah. less joyful existence, right? Like he's trying to shut down a pizza festival. If, if, if this were super political, like let's say this is a rally against illegal immigration or something, then I could see like, okay, I'm fired up about this. It's political. What this guy is trying to do is shut down something that people will enjoy right. and replace it with nothing. But as you know, whether it's pizza or sports now, the attitude of the left is everything is political. If you True. hold the wrong views, True. they will boycott your donut bakery. They yeah. don't care. If you are not part of the team, you are a target. If you oppose you know, mandatory vaccination or masking, if you don't think that men can become women, if you think that we should have... Uh, border security and immigration law should be enforced, you are de facto a target. You are not even collateral damage anymore. You are actually to be targeted if and when they have uh, you know, the bandwidth and the, the ability to do so. And that's why I brought up something even like, you know, could I get a fair trial in New York versus a trial in Florida? Uh, you see that the, the mentality now is intentionally to make everything so political that nothing can be apolitical. And to force everyone to choose sides on everything, and it, and it becomes exhausting. I mean, I would love it if there were whole areas um, where we weren't constantly being having politics shoved down our throats. Yeah. Sports, obviously, for you is the most uh, most. Oh, I've one, seen but, it happen everywhere. But me, yeah, but media, you know, um, movies and TV shows and everything. I, I wish we could all just sort of take a moment, relax, and say there are things in life that we can all enjoy that aren't about who you're going to vote for. They reject that. The Washington yeah. Post rejects that. Dave Portnoy, he's not even a Republican, might I note, but he's just rogue enough from the regime line, and he's enough of a you know enough of a a maverick that he bothers them, and yep. so they even want to make his pizza fest or whatever one bite, what is it, one bite fest or something? Uh, yeah, we not- I'll text him and see if we can get him on next week because I'm curious how this goes on. But I, I I just like just think about this sometimes. What's the end result of what these people want? It's a less joyful, fun society, right? Because what they're trying to do, I mean, imagine getting this worked up about trying to shut down a pizza festival. That's what they want, and that's what they're trying to do, and that's the end result of so much of this cancel culture. It's 
ending things that people like. I mean, you can go take the step to uh, Roseanne, right? The Roseanne show is pretty funny. Roseanne is a talented comedian. And the show about the Connors and everybody else, like people enjoyed that. But because Roseanne sends out a tweet, suddenly what she creates cannot be enjoyed by people like it was before. Uh, it's just, it's. It, I think you said it well. There is everything is political, but it also just strips the joy out of life. And I've seen it with sports, right? I can't even go watch a game without having to worry about who some of the quarterback votes for. Oh. I'll just say real quick, because I know we got to go to a break, but I remember, and it was before he bought X, and I know you know Elon Musk, for some people, is a controversial, complicated. I mean, I think the guy is amazing, and, and, and overall, I, I think uh, a hugely positive force. Um, but when he just said that wokeness is effectively taken as a license to be really vicious, just to be really mean to yeah. people and feel good about it, that was a brilliant insight because it is so true and that was honestly the thing that elon said that stuck with me more than anything else that is perfectly distilled more than a movie is back with season two i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.